the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to The Bruce Hooley Show, coming to you live from Studio 4 at 98.9 FM, The Answer in Columbus, Ohio. He, uh, let's see, worked at the office of Governor Bob Taft, uh, George W. Bush's 2000 presidential campaign, the U.S. Department of Energy, uh, George W. Bush's 2004 uh, presidential campaign, Rob Portman's 2010 U.S. Senate campaign. And, of course, he was a key player in the state of Ohio. When Trump won Ohio and the White House in 2016, he's also the former chairman of the Ohio Republican Party. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Bob Paduchik, and he joins us right now. How are you, sir? Hey, Jack. Hey, Jack. I'm doing great. Thank you. You you you, you practically gave the whole life story there. <laughs> well, you know, I wanted to get all to all the key issues, man. I was like, let's let's load them up on the front end, and uh, you know, I say all of that to say this. Um, you have you have a lot of experience in this world of politics, particularly as strategy and campaigns are involved, and uh, that's I'm really excited to talk to you as a result. Thank you for carving out time. I really appreciate it. No, absolutely, great to be on the show with you, and uh, happy to, uh, to to talk some politics here for the next several minutes. So uh, let me ask you this: What are you up to now? I, I know that you're no longer with the Ohio Republican Party. What are you working on? So, so right now I'm a senior advisor to Donald Trump's uh, campaign for president and uh, involves a couple different things, but always and, and most importantly, uh, the state of Ohio. And we're going through the process right now. We're, we're devel- getting ready for the ballot access. Uh, you know, each presidential campaign has to get on the ballot in, in uh, the 56 states and territories, uh, in the nation, and the process is different in every state. Now, fortunately for uh, President Trump in Ohio, because he's raised so much money in so many different states, we can take a, a method that doesn't require us to circulate petitions, but we still have to put together a full slate of delegates and alternates. So, um, and you may want to get into that in a minute, but I'm going to, this is an outlier. I don't even know if it's worth mentioning, but Frank LaRose stood yeah. up and said, hey, I'm not going to buy this this quack political legal argument that Donald Trump can't go on the ballot. And actually, they've said the same thing in Michigan. Uh, do you see that getting any momentum around the United States? No. Okay. No, no. I, I mean, look, I, 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 they're going to try, but of, of all the things that they could try to get done here and do, that is the longest of long shots. And um, I, I think it got a lot of attention early, but when people started, you know, uh, reading the the Constitution and how they were trying to apply this, it, it just doesn't doesn't have any oxygen. Well, and you know what frustrates me is that the entire January sixth commission could have been halted had. Any member of the press, a corporate-owned press, stood up and said, well, let's play the rest of the tape where he says, let's peacefully and patriotically go down there and protest. Uh, and then, you know, we spent years and millions of dollars uh, discussing a phone call that he made that we now understand uh, was yeah. legitimate because Joe Biden absolutely said, look, we're going to withhold the billion-dollar loan guarantee if you don't fire this guy. 
Um, I mean, Donald Trump has been engaged in lawfare from the get go. Do you see that impacting this election the way that Democrats want it to? Uh, I see it impacting the election, but not in the way Democrats want it to. I mean, you look, you know, when all this stuff started, the president was in, in, in a pretty good spot in, in the Republican primary, but he wasn't dominating like he is today. And I think that you see all of these different things that the, the Democrats have tried to throw at him, not just when he was president and when he ran in 16 or when he ran in 20, but, but everything in the last few months from the legal aspect. And most Americans have a really strong sense of fairness. And in Ohioans in particular, I think, exemplify this. And it just doesn't you know, they know this isn't right. They know that, that that trying to prosecute your political opponents for the sole reason that they're your political opponents is not what this country is about. I would even go a step further and say, I think it scares Americans. I think it scares Americans. Some, yeah, I think the Americans that are paying, pay, paying attention, the people that listen to your listen to you on the radio, that listen to your podcast with Josh, I think those folks are dialed in because they know what's going on. But but a lot of other Americans, I think, that are just, you know, trying to pay the mortgage, trying to be able to afford groceries and 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 focusing on their families. Um, even they know that there's something that just doesn't smell right about this. Yeah, I second that. I second that argument strongly and vehemently. He, uh, Wednesday, there was uh, a debate in um, Simi Valley, California, at the Ronald Reagan Library there, a beautiful location. Some people have called it uh, the events at the kitty table. So what do you make of the events at the kitty table on Wednesday night? Uh, did anyone come out uh, a clear winner? And did that help or hurt uh, former President Trump? Yeah, there was a clear winner. It was Donald J. Trump for not being there. I mean, I, I, the word I would use to describe the blank show that was there, it, I can't say on the radio, I don't think. Um, <laughs> it was... I mean, Jack, it was it was so bad. I caught the last hour and I was like, they're just arguing and bickering and, and demeaning. And I just don't think anyone was really uh, anybody that was there helped themselves at all. And I know the president watches these things. Mm-hmm. And and anybody that says, like, you know, those folks are auditioning for vice president. If, if that's the case, nobody helped themselves on that stage. Yeah, it it, 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 it go ahead. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, no, I mean, it was that bad. And, uh, you know, Glenn Beck, other people have have had much stronger words to describe it. But it, it was it was kind of a joke. It, it looked bad. And I think it made all of the candidates up there, which are really good, strong, convicted individuals with with good conservative ideas for the most part. There's there's one or two outliers there I won't get into. But but it's just like you, you just you, you don't do I, my prediction is the next debate, unless Donald Trump's a part of it, it's going to be a ratings disaster. Yeah. I, the, the, this thing was just a just uh, Republicans that watch that debate are like embarrassed by it. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting to say the least. There was a ton of bickering that that eventually went on. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy was the the target of uh, a lot of right. verbal harassment, particularly from the South Carolina folks. Do you think that anyone on that stage will end up being a – well, first of all, is Donald Trump going to win the nomination? And who's his vice presidential uh, candidate in your mind going to be, and is it anyone on that stage? So so I have to be careful here because I'm, I'm paid staff on this. Yeah, touche. Um, I'll, yep. I'll, I'll retract like the question if you need me to. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't have to do that. I, I won't do that. I'll, I'll answer it, but just maybe not the way you want me to. Okay. Um, 
I'll say this. I think President Trump is a lock on the nomination. I, I do not see a pathway to victory for any of his opponents because they're not articulating a vision that is that is better than his. Yep. I mean, the interesting thing about a Joe Biden-Donald Trump matchup is you've had four years of Joe Biden, almost. You've had four years of Donald Trump. It's easy to make a comparison here. You know what you're going to get, and and I think that really favors President Trump. Now, in terms of his vice president, I I think you and I have had this discussion before a little bit. Uh, he He's such an unconventional candidate, and I don't mean that in the way of style or substance. I'm talking about the fact that that he does not need a running mate to 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 to, to, to soften him up or finish him off or anything like that. You know, some people that run for president, they think, oh, I need somebody that's got uh, – I look at George W. Bush. Yes. He needed somebody with some foreign policy gravitas, you know, somebody that wasn't just the governor of Texas. And they, and they went and they found a guy like Dick Cheney. Uh, now, obviously, that's experience probably that wasn't beneficial, you know, because of the neocon – yeah. A strategy and, and things that, that, that they, they went forward on. But but that's what he needed to help his candidacy. And I think that, you know, Trump doesn't need anything. He doesn't need to have a female. He doesn't need to have a minority. He doesn't need to have somebody from a different state or a key battleground state or anything. I think he has the luxury of picking somebody that he likes and wants to hand the reins of power over when he leaves in four years. That last statement, I think, has us all going, hmm, I wonder who the heir apparent would be. Um, well, it's, go ahead. It, 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 it's a big prize, that's for certain. Uh, 100%. Um, so we've got about a minute and a half here. I'm going to try to ask this question quickly. A few weeks back, I had on a young Republican who talked about how the GOP must pivot to address issues in a way that attracts younger voters. Now, he listed things like housing, economics, energy, environment, among other things. That was before the last poll came out, Bob, <laughs> that showed that Trump not yeah. only up 10 yeah. points, but 20 points with Gen Z and millennials. Shocking to me. Um, what does all of that mean to you? And do and you think Trump will fare that well down the stretch against Biden with millennials and Gen Z? Yeah, I think so. He, he did it among African-American and uh, um, African-American males in Hispanic men and women uh, in the 2020 election. And I think he has just improved in those demographic groups. The younger voters, I think, uh, you know, it's I do think he's doing better with those voters and is going to continue to do better with those voters. The the challenge with them is often there's such a low return on investment. So, you know, because they vote in their first election when they turn 18 and then you don't really see them anymore. I mean, that's just that's just a fact that we've tracked. Now, now maybe that eventually changes. Maybe this election will change it coming up next year. But um, uh, I do think it's significant because what you're seeing ten is seconds, an Bob. erosion. I'm sorry? Uh, ten seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're seeing it of erosion of the traditional Democrat base. He's Bob Paducek, former chairman of the High Republican Party. Thanks for being with us, Bob. Welcome back. We are in hour number two of the Bruce Woolley Show, and uh, it's Open Line Friday. And on the line right now, I have Linda Harvey. Linda is with Mission America. And uh, first of all, welcome to the Bruce Woolley Show. Linda, how are you uh, this afternoon now, I guess, not this morning? How are you? 
I'm great, Jack. Thanks for having me on. Hey, it's an honor to have you. Uh, I received a, a message from Ohio Value Voters that had a link, actually had a teaser, uh, a couple paragraphs, and then a link that pointed to the Mission America website. I'm going to mention that now, missionamerica.com. Go there and uh, search up, uh, Will Ohio Beat Michigan and Defeat the Abortion Radicals? Now, it's fall. It's football season in Ohio. And uh, if you're listening here in Columbus, you probably have a disdain for that team up north. And so that contest matters at the end of every football season. But I can't think of a contest that matters more right now uh, that I've ever had a chance to vote on than Ohio issue one. And uh, Linda, you kind of teed this discussion up from the angle of Ohio versus Michigan. Uh, Why did you do that? Tell our listeners uh, what they need to know about Michigan and what we can learn from them. Yeah, Jack, you know, the uh, analogy works pretty far along the line because, you know, Ohio is politically a red or red-ish state. We sometimes wish it were a little more red, more consistently, but it's red. Ohio state colors are scarlet and gray. The pro-life movement uses red because it's lifeblood mm-hmm. as as one of its, um, you know, banner colors. And here's Michigan. Michigan is hard blue left politically, unfortunately, for the few pro-lifers and conservatives who are up there, but they're always swamped by the the Detroit metro area and all of that area, so they, they don't get as much of a say as they'd like. University of Michigan is big blue, and they made a huge mistake up there last November, passing a measure that's similar to our issue one, uh, legalizing abortion and many, many other um, aspects of what they call reproductive freedom. Last November, they passed by 56% in Michigan what they called Proposal 3. And Ohio, in so many ways, like we always do in November, we can do better, we can beat Michigan, and we can say no to Issue 1. And that's Prop 3. And if I remember correctly from what I've researched in looking into Ohio Issue 1, they pitched it there the same way they're pitching it here. It's just reproductive freedom. It's just codifying Roe v. Wade. It's just making sure that women have health care that they need at a critical time during pregnancy. Is, is that kind of how they pitched it there? And, and what, but what did it end up being, I guess, is the other follow-up question to that. Well, yeah, they pitched it very similarly. And uh, from what I understand, you know, behind the scenes, that there was a lot of infighting about the messaging and they got started late, and they were outspent over two to one. The same groups that are, have come in with issue one here came in with a proposal, Prop 3, up there. Um, you know, ACLU, Planned Parenthood, big uh, east and left coast uh, billionaires that are, that are um, you know, very left, left-leaning. And so that's what we're facing here. What we need to do is make sure we maximize the advantage we have. We have a very uh, strong pro-life movement here. We started earlier. We have our political leaders behind us up there. They have Whitmer and, you know, where she is, she's a big pro-abortion advocate. So, uh, you know, we have many, many advantages that we can take advantage of here. And uh, we are a reddish state. And if we can just get the turnout, people need to go and before, on or before November 7th, say no, unlike Michigan did, on uh, issue one. She is with uh, Mission America, and uh, we're talking to Linda Harvey. 
the same groups that you mentioned, ACLU, Planned Parenthood, the LGBTQ plus groups, they're involved here in Ohio. And I want to talk about where they weigh in on parents' rights in just a minute before we run out of time. But first, uh, I want to talk about this uh, misnomer. I have a friend. She posts on Facebook all the time. She's probably more conservative, maybe even a little libertarian, but just believes that that we ought to protect women's rights to choose. And frankly, there are women in the Republican Party who want that pro-choice. But this is about a lot more than choice. Uh, there's a word individual in this proposed amendment. What does that word do? And uh, what does the word health do in the amendment? Because I, I think people are having a hard time understanding how radical this abortion amendment is. Yes, it's sweeping. And, and we know how the left will use this with court case, case after court case. Uh, they term the whole thing is that that. Uh, any individual will not be denied reproductive freedom, quote unquote. Well, why do they use individual? Why not use woman or female? Because that's who gets pregnant, right? That's who has these uh, contraception uh, issues. Well, no, uh, males have contraception uh, issues as well. And there's no age limit here. This is obviously opens the door to any age person making not just abortion decisions, because it also mentions contraception, infertility treatment or fertility treatment. And um, to me and to many other people, we know exactly where that's going. It's denying parental rights. Yep. You, you can bypass the parent and it's opening the door to these gender uh, medical treatments that do always medically castrate teenagers, young, young people and teenagers. Um, and that's a so-called fertility treatment. Also, it, it may affect our abstinence until marriage. Sex education mandate in Ohio, which is unique. We are very blessed to have that since 1999. And it may affect that because that's interfering by the state this, uh, entity of the school uh, with, um, you know, advocacy of abortion and contraception. So, you know, and while the abstinence people talk frankly about contraception, they explain all the risks and the failure rates. So that's where this is going. There's so many more things that can go along with this, but that's where it's going. Yeah, and, and the, the, the use of the word health means that uh, a woman can end a yeah. pregnancy for not just life-saving measures, but health could be financial, emotional, psychological uh, so on and so forth. But the other issue that you pointed to, and then I know we got a wrap here. I want to have you back on uh, uh, maybe in the next couple of weeks, though, to talk about uh, this more in depth. But ACLU, Planned Parenthood, LGBTQ plus groups have all on the record, all publicly said essentially that abortion and gender rights go hand in glove. So if you think this is just about abortion, you're 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 duped. This is about abortion, and it's about stripping parents of their parental rights. Uh, Linda Harvey, thank you for joining us today on, on The Bruce Willis Show. Where can Ohioans learn more how to join the fight against this radical proposed amendment? Well, you can go to our website at missionamerica.com. CreatedEqual.org is leading the grassroots effort, and ProtectWomenOhio.com is the coalition group, which we are pleased to be a part of as well. Linda Harvey, thank you for your time today. Hey, stay tuned on the other side of this break. I'll be back with Ohio Senate President Matt Huffman. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.